Welcome to the Masters in Motion podcast, where we empower Masters athletes to reach their full potential. Join us as we delve into the world of CrossFit and showcase the strength, resilience, and determination of Masters athletes, because we love this sport. I'm Jason Grubb with Rick Stevenson. This is episode 21. Hey, Rick, how was Father's Day for you? Father's Day was excellent. Uh, good. Real nice time. How about for you? Uh, so good. So good to be back in Colorado to see all of my kids. I've got older kids here in Colorado. My younger kids travel with us. So to be back in Colorado and get to see them all together was a, uh, a, a huge treat. I mean, just really, really cool. So my, uh, my oldest son graduated last week from the police academy. So he is a, um, he's, I mean, as of tomorrow, he had the weekend off as tomorrow, he will be officially on the streets. Actually, they do training and they still do some stuff as they work into it. But yeah, here we go. Welcome to adulthood. And for me, like now I'm a nervous father. Here we go. Absolutely. Oh yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Well, we thank him for for serving the public. Absolutely. Seriously. Yeah, be, he's a good kid. A good kid. A, uh, and, and for listeners, I think this could be the third week in a row if we played the game, where is Jason? Before we ah, start, you might yes. have to. So not to disappoint anybody, but you'll be staying in your location now for a few <laughs> weeks, right? So yeah, finally, oh man. Stop playing pins on the map for everybody yes. that's listening. He's here. Yes. I'm here. Yeah. Here in Colorado, My- five full weeks. <laughs> I take it. And now the, the benefit of being in Colorado for these five weeks uh, as opposed, I was in Dallas three, two weeks ago, Amarillo last week, Colorado now. Um, I'll be at uh, 7,000 feet of altitude for the next five weeks. And I got to tell you, um, I am not acclimated as I was to this altitude. The, the last few days of training have uh, helped me realize or remember what it's like to suffer in low oxygen environments, because that's where I'm at. I'm suffering right now. But it's good training. Mm-hmm. The, the rest of the men's 45 to 49 field just did a big old oh, exhale, thinking, <laughs> oh, boy, here we go. Five weeks, he's got to get his lungs back all right. over again. All over again, and, and then get back to sea level again and, uh, and hopefully have that, I don't know, you know, a couple, I don't know. Third what, lung. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little third lung. That'll be fine. A little, you know, making sure I'm getting, uh, what is it, beta alanine in, uh, in every day <laughs> yep, um, and altitude training. I mean, the, the third lung should be fully developed. Ideal. You just, we only cross over once every five years. So you just stay where you're at. That's all I got. Yeah. That's yeah I got, I got plenty more years to face this again. I don't need to well, worry about that. Well, Rick, uh, we had some two really kind of uh, semi-big uh, last minute news items that popped up on a relatively quiet week. All of a sudden, as of yesterday yeah. and today, we have some news. What do you got for us? <laughs> well, we were scratching our heads going, oh, it will be a quiet week uh, <laughs> to talk, uh, you know, come up with a couple ideas and, and uh, shoot the breeze. But, uh, you know, the first one was, uh, we'll, we'll save the uh, HQ news for a second, but the Wadapalooza post about the reduced field sizes for the age group athletes. And I think you've got it pulled up. I'll pull mine up uh, right here now uh, from the post. But uh, 35 through 49, it appears that uh, get uh, 10 spots, men and 10 spots for women. And then the upper age groups, 50 to 60 plus, get five spots. Um, Extremely small, extremely small fields. Now, uh, typical of these types of teasing news releases, there's there's no detail behind it. What happens? Does defending champ qualify? Does the games champ get an uh, invite? Are there only three spots open per qualifier for our age groups? Do you only have eight? If you know, there's a million questions out there. 
what what's going on, Wadapalooza? Yeah, we were talking before we jumped on uh, or hit the record button. So obviously a change like this is probably here because they've added additional divisions for teams, including a Masters category, uh, which is the first time there's been a team competition for the Masters at Wadapalooza, which is really welcome news because team events are just Absolutely. so fun. And we were thinking, well, you know, what they what they always have to do is manage resources, manage time, manage space and equipment. Yeah. So competition space. Let's say they have ten to twenty Masters teams. Um, it, let's say twenty. That's sixty uh, entries. That they collect right there just Six, from those teams. 60 males and 60 females. Yes. Right. Yes. 60 yeah. males, 60 females. That's a lot of cash. I mean, mm-hmm. in, in a good way. Like they are, uh, so it's a lot of cash and they can run, they can run teams of three in a venue or in a, in, on a, you know, in a lane or 10 lanes, 20 lanes, whatever, um, very efficiently. It's almost as if like, if you can get three people in a lane, as opposed to one person in a lane, you're optimizing the amount of time and activities mm-hmm. that can happen at Wadapalooza. So as the compromise, they've got to pull back on the amount of people in the master's individual categories to make space for the teams. So, you know, it's understandable because you and I have been to Wadapalooza. We've seen mm-hmm. that there is event after event after event on all three stages at all times. It is a logistical uh, miracle that they're able to pull that off. It's, it's a really generally well, especially this last year, it was really, really well run, very organized, very smooth. But at the same time, um, I thought when they it's... added teams, I was like, how are they going to do this? Where are they going to squeeze them in? You know? I don't know. Well, they're taking we them from, looks like, from the age groups. But uh, I I will just speak up for the 50 and over. Five yes. is ridiculously small. Um, it doesn't allow for separation. It, and you know what? The first thing I saw that, it just struck me less as a competition and more as an exhibition. Like, mm. hey, these five athletes for men and these five athletes for women, they qualified. They're here. Uh, they're participating. They're having a good time. But uh, you know, it's 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 hard to have a competition that where a leaderboard could shake up in a meaningful way when you have what twenty points separating um, right. uh, each placement or go something like that. I mean, five is five is really small. And I think you and I are both fans on the competitive side. You and I are both fans of the bigger field. Yes. Um, just naturally. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, he, if we can find somewhere where we're like, you know, in that 10 to 15 at the bare minimum. I mean, last year at Wadapalooza, mm-hmm, I right. think we had 20 per. Did you have 20 in your age groups last year? Uh, No, no. So we actually 15. I think we had 15. Okay. So, I mean, 15 is, is a very fair amount. I think we had 20 maybe last year in, in our division. And the thing I like about having those larger divisions is that, um, you know, it allows for, for athletes to get to know each other. Like, I love being there in right. that space and being able to meet, uh, you know, athletes from Italy and athletes from Mexico or Brazil or Costa Rica. I mean, they came from everywhere because there's 20 spots and it allows for that. Um, and Miami is an easy place to get to from anywhere in the world, I think. I don't know. I think it feels right. like it. Um, well, so- Certainly from South America. Certainly sure. for South and America. I think you see, and I, see, I think you see that. Yeah. Uh, the South American athletes a little bit more represented than, uh, yeah. than some of the other competitions in the United States, honestly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a big compromise. Um, you know, if they if they could add one more stage, you know, out there, it, it would add, mm-hmm. you know, 25% more capacity because they have Tina Hill, uh, Seaside, I think it's what it's called, and uh, or Bayside. And Flagler. Whatever, and Flagler, the main state. Yeah. Again, yep. those are all really great venues. I, I'll tell you the criticism I have every year going out there and I think anybody who's been to Wadapalooza struggles with this, is that if you actually want to watch uh, an event, uh, there's just not a lot of bleacher space. 
Now, Correct. for Masters yep. events, there's plenty of bleacher space because they, you know, each each division will have its own set of fans that come in and out. There's a lot of movement. But to watch any of the elite teams or individual events, uh, you've got to be there like five hours early to secure a seat. And God forbid you have to use the restroom because if you leave, you might not be able to get back in. Correct. Um, I remember getting shut out and not yeah. even being able to enter the bleachers. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And when yeah. you and I were there, when we were competing in 2021, uh, we shared an Airbnb. Uh, we had a really nice time. We would compete all day. And then at night, we'd cook up our burgers or our chicken or whatever. And we'd uh, turn on the live stream and catch up on all the events from the day. And just we just participated in town, but via a computer screen, unfortunately. But, right. You yeah. Know, and and we were frankly, comfortable. You, didn't, you didn't have a bad seat. The, the, <laughs> uh, coverage made it. The coverage made it uh, very accessible. Yeah, but you know, I'll I'll still circle back to it's it's Miami in the winter, and yes, especially speaking from somebody in Northeast Ohio. Hey, what better way to get out of the dreary gray cold than to go down south? But if you're going to spend the money and you're looking for that 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 higher level competition, the opportunities that you have for Masters uh, Fitness Championship and Legends afford you bigger fields, team options, and, you know, uh, you know, very legitimately programmed uh, competitions where it's not now just five for our age group. So yeah, uh, I'll, I'll circle back to those. I'm telling you. Agreed. Agreed. And I, you know, the masters, the masters only championships like legends and the masters fitness collective, those are also such well-run and well-programmed specifically for masters and really, you know, highlight masters athletes. We're not a sideshow. We're not the, the, it, it doesn't feel like, I don't know if this is going to come out right, but it doesn't feel like they're just collecting our entry fee uh, and, and allowing no, us, that's fair. They're, they're spotlighting us. It's, it's well run, well Correct. done every time. So, um, yeah, I, I really the like flips, and I, the flip side. The flip side you get is, yes, you're paying your entry fee down in Miami and you compete. But, oh, by the way, I could bump into some of those elite athletes and go watch them. True. Whereas in the Masters only, we don't have that. But then you have to ask yourself, well, what are you there for? Are you there to compete or are you there as a spectator? I mean, yeah. Go be a spectator yeah. down in Miami and go compete. Go compete elsewhere. And and I'll agree with you. I mean, being in Miami in the sun in de- in uh, December or January. I mean, that's not bad. It's not terrible. I've been no, in worse. I've been all. in worse places. So. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Well, Come up, stay with me next time. No thanks. That's the news there. Um, <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> yeah. Tell tell us about the news from HQ. It's a big one. Well, this is yeah, this is a big one. Uh, Justin Berg. Uh, today we we learned via number of different media outlets, uh, the general manager of sport uh, is leaving uh, CrossFit. And so, what are we? We are five weeks, six weeks, six weeks away from, I think so. from the games. Yeah. And uh, to a uh, to the casual fan, something you might know the name, you might know the face, but he is obviously uh, was for thirteen years very inter- integrated into what happened in Madison and the message um, tying together the sport, the methodology, selling it to the public. Um, You know, we just don't know, expect to hear the same thing from you. There's just no details released. Um, Dave Castro will be assuming um, or leading the sport team. Again, that's a pretty vague statement. Uh, How much, how will he be involved? Uh, What else is he going to be doing with his role and function in uh, with uh, um, uh, training? staff and uh that that he has come back to assume that role so right now let you know your thoughts too there's just too many unanswered questions a lot of unanswered questions and the timing is so peculiar you know it's i it, to have you know the, the, if the games are six weeks out you know things are pretty much settled in right you know the timelines mm-hmm. are are 
in their finalizations, you know, uh, to athlete testing or workout testing, all of those things, everything is in progress. There's not a lot of last minute changes I would imagine would be happening at this point. Um, but it sort of feels like if, if, if the, if the leadership of CrossFit was going to make a dramatic change, it just makes sense that they just do that after the games. Like, it feels so right. abrupt, no notice, no warning, no transition plan, nothing that says, you know, hey, Justin Berg, this will be his final year. You know, he has served the community for this long. Instead, it's I mean, this is the news outlet. It's Justin Berg out immediately. Dave Castro taking mm-hmm. over immediately. Yeah. Like it feels so abrupt. And Justin Berg, again, is I mean, he's a vanilla guy. He's not an extreme guy. There's it doesn't feel like there's anything controversial about him. Um, right that we know of i mean maybe there's something behind the scenes but it it just seems like he's like the consistent um guy like very mellow very level-headed probably plans everything years in advance it feels like he's that kind of guy um correct and so it's peculiar the timing is peculiar the abruptness feels peculiar we can only speculate as to what's actually going on behind the scenes and i i guess that's one of the things that is always a frustration with crossfit like when castro was let go i mean it was a shock to the system people had lots of opinions Mm -hmm about it but there was very little information that came from hq about a significant figure that we've seen for dave castro at the time the entire existence of crossfit we've known him yep, justin yep. berg right as far as the crossfit games have happened we've known this guy and um right yeah i mean we they, as, as fans of the they, sport we always they, want to know the backstory i think well they said he's he's he'd been with uh with them for 13 years and i, I think there's a couple ways to look at uh you and i have talked uh, a lot in some of our previous uh, episodes about some of the hiccups maybe that um, this, this season has, um, has dealt with, Uh, you know, just little, little things that seem to add up. I think one of the bigger issues of late was the uh, Alexander Carone um, uh, being pulled from the competition Right. Uh, for not, you know, uh, not, not, there was no minimum work requirement, but for what I have, forgot how they deem that, that putting, not putting forth effort in yeah. event, uh, test two. Um, and then the whole lane eight issue with the, uh, uh, assault runners. And I know Justin was interviewed a number of times about how they either were testing the equipment or the, the ways they used to, uh, calibrate the runners things like that okay now we see that because of it's the the way those issues might have been played up in mm-hmm. uh, in the media or in the social media space uh but how much of this though remember the ceo of crossfit did address changes and conduct a round of layoffs back in april uh away from the games side of the sport uh from the company more on the on the uh, the affiliate teams uh, the affiliate side and some of the other departments um could this just be another Another iteration of now turning his attention over to uh, to the games, but the only reason I might not have so much confidence in that idea is because of the 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 the, the timing. Again, uh, you know, we see we see it in other sports where there are head coaches that are let go mid season. Um, not trying to compare Justin to a head coach, uh, but you know, the assistants take over, they finish out the season, and the team conducts around interviews, and you know, a new head coach is hired for the following season. Some of that. We we love it because it's speculation on our point, but we're also we're we're dying for more information. We're dying from a press release from CrossFit. Hey, tell us more. We'd love to know more. Um, I will add the one thing I did hear on uh, on, on your friend's uh, Talking Elite Fitness uh, podcast that it just uh, released. They had just done an interview with Justin Burke. Wow. Didn't even have a chance to release it that. How about that? 
for that timing. Is, yeah, and so, that's so they're they're one point, and this gave me uh, flashbacks to 2019, and I sure hope this is not the case. But when they were talking about media and um, event or uh, streaming, I think is how Sean Woodland phrased it. Uh, he talked about uh, airing the events for uh, the individuals and the teams, but he stopped short and it didn't say anything else. And Sean's like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> and hmm. I'm just thinking flashback to 2019. Don't exclude the age groups, please, from any type of broadcast. Right. Whatever you do. That was really you're, brutal. You're, you're going to hurt yourself in the long run, CrossFit. I'm pretty sure. Please don't do that. Um, there are a lot of people that watch. I, I would yep. believe. Yep. I, I know it's not as much as watching Justin Madero's battle, Roman Krennikov, Krennikov down last event, but people care about the age groups. They really do. Uh, and with this year, you know, you've got some big, big names moving into the 35-year-old age group that people want to see. They want to see Sam Dancer go up against, you know, Scott Panchik. And yeah. You know, yeah. And these are just two names in that group. Elijah Muhammad, get to see that guy out there again. Uh, you know, these are there's a big, big, fun names. Multiple uh, time games athletes that are in that 35 year old age group that will be very entertaining. And um, you know, to, I want to stay humble, but at the same time, I know people that are traveling to Madison, fans that are traveling there to watch the 45 year old age group to watch me. And a lot of them want to watch online. Um, I mean, I've, I've got a very decent following there that want to see that. Uh, and so, again, the, in the entire spectrum, the families, the friends, the gyms, uh, the boxes, the mm -hmm. communities that support all games athletes, especially Masters athletes, uh, they want to see this stuff. They want to see it from their home gym, from their home space. And we just have to remind ourselves and remind CrossFit that the people that pay the bills at the gyms that pay the affiliate fee are primarily Absolutely. Masters athletes. And Correct. they love seeing their, their own kind featured and highlighted, you know, whether they're 35, 40, 45, 65, you know, 52, you know, wherever they're, wherever they're at on the spectrum. Um, yep. They're, they're, they they all have fans and they want to see them. Uh, and I think the teams over the past couple of years have done a great job. They do their homework. They know the athletes. They tell a good story. They're covering heat after heat after heat. And every heat, they've got a, a little bit of a storyline that they are able to draw from. You know, Gwendler does a good job. And, and, and the other guys that are part of that broadcast, they do a great job uh, broadcasting. And man, if they don't broadcast this year, that would yeah. be highly frustrating. So absolutely. Uh, so we'll, I we'll hope see. I don't want to jump to it's what I heard. Yep. And we'll see how it all plays out. Again, the best part of this is the although newsworthy and noteworthy, uh, there are six weeks to go. So <laughs> and zero details. Uh, there, 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 there's there's a is a long time, yep. long time ahead ahead of us for a lot of answers. All right. To be answered. Well, let's jump on over to uh, our topic for the day, which uh, it was just something that I know that uh, I get a lot of questions around this. And um, I know that fans of the show, the Masters of Motion podcast, uh, have questions around this because it's just it's very common in the CrossFit space. And the question is not necessarily about being in the gym. It's about what happens outside of the gym with regards to nutrition. And so the question that I posed to you earlier and that I think that we should work on today is what what nutrition changes have made the biggest impact in your fitness or in your CrossFit journey? Um, you, you and I have both had different stories, but I think we've both had experiences where uh, a, a nutrition change has made an impact. Um, so I thought it would be fun to just to just talk through some of those topics. Yeah, so what, go back and forth a little. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to fire it off to you to kick off. What is 
what is a nutrition change that, 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 what is one nutrition change? I know you've got a few, but what's okay. one? Yeah. I was going to say, with? so we can, so we can go back and forth Yes. Uh, with this. I, I'll start out with saying that uh, prior to CrossFit, I, you know, I, I didn't focus entirely on uh, maybe what I was eating. I, I mean, the, the easiest way to say that I wasn't very concerned, you know, fortunate, Hey, three meals a day some snacks in there. Uh, it, it, you know, ate what was kind of in front of you. Again, I didn't, I, um, uh, I don't have health issues in that I had to avoid certain foods or anything like that. So, um, yeah, everybody's story is different there, but I'll say I really didn't, uh, pay much attention to what I was eating beforehand. Yep. The flip side of that is the, the, the uh, the attention to detail. Mm. How about for, how about for you? Yeah, for me, um, when I started CrossFit, I didn't ha- make any dramatic changes to my eating. Uh, I was eating and I was, I was drinking a couple of beers every night. And uh, I I was under eating. I mean, that that was one thing that was happening. And I, w- I was busy enough in my life that I was under eating. So in my first year, I did uh, experience a change in my physique because I was now being quite active and under eating. But the biggest change really uh, between 2017, 2018, and I have a number of changes along the way, but this was the first big change I made. And it was to actually take all grain, any form of grain out of my diet. I, I, uh, <laughs> I'm the kind of person that kind of goes all in on things. And I had read the book Wheat Belly by, I think it's Dr. William Davis. So really great book. And if you just need a synopsis of it, just, you know, ask ChatGPT for the, a summary uh, or find a PDF summary of the book. That's, that's going to give you the details. But essentially, what he argues is that all of our current grains are the primary cause of inflammation, uh, bloating, gas, uh, digestive issues, uh, all kinds of harms to our body, um, or our bodies just generally don't respond well. And I was like, well, yeah, okay, I'm convinced. Let me just try this absolute no grain situation. So I think I finished the book on a Sunday. On a Monday, I went with no beer, no bread, no pasta, no rice, no grains in any way whatsoever, no oats, no oatmeal, nothing. So my meals, oh, you're killing all me. of it, it was gone. <laughs> oh, no. I, I started eating sweet potatoes like they're going out of business. And uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I could barely eat a sweet potato now. I ate so many back then. Um, and I, I saw a dramatic reduction in my uh, body fat um, percentage. I had an in-body scanner at my gym. I owned a CrossFit gym at the time. And so I was testing that. And once a week, I would do a test. And my body my body fat percentage was dropping precipitously. Um now, what I didn't do when I when I removed all that grain, I didn't replace it with enough carbohydrates. But so I, I really leaned out, and uh, in twenty that was late twenty seventeen, early twenty eighteen, I ended up qualifying for the CrossFit Games, and I'm going to pause there because that's when I made another dramatic change. Okay. But the first dramatic change okay. was no grain, and that was. I mean, I, also I will say I dropped body fat percentage, bloating, uh, gas. Uh, Overall, I felt so much better, and I was like, okay, so for me, no grain was the way to go. Well, see, this is the beautiful part of this topic is because you're going to find how different it is for everybody. Everybody's going to find a solution that works for them. Right. And you can um, you can have somebody that adopts no grains like you and see uh, improved body uh, composition and better feeling, better performance, things like that, yet somebody who still has grains in their diet uh, is able to have sufficient energy levels and maintain a weight that, uh, you know, allows you to move your body in the way that you would like to for in terms of speed and strength, um, things like that. Um, I, my big change after that was, okay, I got a little bit more focused on um, the right types of proteins that worked for me. Again, this might be different for even for you, 
I, I eat probably more chicken than anything else. Um, I don't mind red meat. Um, I'll eat uh, certainly a lot of porks, fish, um, but chicken primarily is, you know, if I need to fill protein uh, quotas up, that's my protein of choice. And so I really started to mix that even to a, to, uh, to a degree of being boring um, into, you know, certainly my nightly meal, sometimes lunch and dinner, you know, I, I cared about that. So I would mix the protein, the clean protein in with a lot of vegetables. And then here's another way where, tell me how you feel about vegetables. Yeah. I might, the, the, the food that I eat eats all the vegetables I need. That's my take on yeah, vegetables. See, see, <laughs> and you know me, I, there's not a good salad that I've never met. I, I, I probably said that wrong. I, I love salad. Yes, you do. Um, I've seen it firsthand. I, my family knows it. My friends know it. Guys at work know it. Um, they call it bird food, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I, I love vegetables. I, I love all forms of vegetables. And so I incorporate a lot of that into my diet and always have. So for me to make that change wasn't that dramatic. It was, okay, let's figure out the proteins and let's mix in, keep, keep mixing in the vegetables. I don't, don't care what they are, I'll eat them. Yeah. And so that's, uh, that'll bring me to the, the, so when I stopped eating grain, I did eat a lot of vegetables at the time because I needed something for sustenance. Um, I was eating a lot of right. fruit. I was eating a lot of sweet potatoes and regular potatoes for carbohydrates. But uh, when I qualified for the games in 2018, I had, I believe I had about three months of training prior to the games after the age group qualifiers at, at that time. And I just, did a quick like assessment. Uh, I finally counted my macros for the first time, uh, paid attention to my calories for about a week and realized uh, that I was dramatically under eating for the amount of activity that I was doing. Uh, and for my lifestyle, I was running a gym and training three to four hours a day at the time, maybe like three hours a day. And so I increased my overall caloric intake. And that was the second big change that made the most dramatic impact on my performance. So I would say that the no grain thing for me was really good for trimming down and then actually eating enough food uh, was the next big change to help fuel my performance. And that has caused me over the past four or five years to add about 15 pounds between 2018 and 2023 uh, of just body mass. You know, some of it is, uh, is certainly muscle. I mean, I'm sure a good amount of it is muscle mass working that long, uh, this hard for that long. But I think my body fat percentage is a little bit higher now than it was then. But what mm -hmm. I'm finding right. when I eat enough food and when I'm, when I eat enough food, it's not just random. It's that, you know, I'm looking for 200 to 220 grams of protein and then backfilling the rest of my calories up to about 3,400 calories a day with mostly carbohydrates and some fats. Um, but when I'm eating enough, my performance is uh, very solid. I feel it in my training. I feel it in my performance. I feel it in my recovery, even in my sleep. If I am underfed, I notice in my sleep that uh, it's not good. I'll wake up less recovered if I had maybe 500 calories less than I should have the night before. So I rarely, rarely am under by that much on my caloric intake. So that was uh, that was the next big change is like actually paying attention to and realizing I was under eating and then getting enough food into my system to match my performance goals. So right. yeah, that's my piece of advice. Eat enough food. And so that's one of my phrases that I tell all my nutrition clients is eat all the food, like hashtag eat all the food. Well, and here... You have to you have to find what works, and I know you do you do this with your clients. Is you have to find what is all the food mean for each individual um, each individual person athlete? Uh, because you and I are both competitors, but I still know that you are far more active in a day than I am, and yes. I'm a few years older. I have to I have to I hear that message, 
but I also have to be careful um, with what I what my intake is versus you know I'm a, my, the ideal for me is to train twice a day. Doesn't always happen, um, and if not, I'm sitting at a desk most the rest of the day. I'm certainly up and down. I'm I'm an antsy worker, constantly moving around. Um, love to be in you know active and in motion when I'm out of the office. But there's a there's a good segment of the day where you just kind of have to watch because of my my you know lack of movement that you might have um what is the right level of food because if i eat too much uh, then that's detrimental to my performance detrimental to my body composition um how i handle uh you know the increase in in intake in protein and carbohydrates and certainly in fat too and, and you know we're all saying this as with uh, with general guidelines too yeah. we're not saying don't ever <laughs> don't ever have the wrong kind of fats or anything like that everything in moderation now this this one thing that I've done lately, and you know this now, um, you've experienced it with me, is that um, mm -hmm. it's where you eat. Uh, and again, I, I'll reiterate, and I agree with you that uh, it, it takes a lot of testing in your in your own skin to find out how your body responds to the food intake that you provide for it. Um, I will say that now. Actually, I'll, I'll just I'm going to throw out this l a little more well rounded. So I went from zero grain and under eating to then eating enough with zero grain. I was eating a lot of chicken. I, I mean, a lot of a lot of sweet potatoes, all that kind of stuff to where now I don't eat a lot of sweet potatoes at all because I, I sort of overdid it there for a while. So I don't really like them anymore. So now, you know, I am primarily focused on getting enough protein in the day. I backfill with, with uh, carbohydrates and fats, but I do have some grain in my life again. So on mornings when I'm running a little bit tight on time, believe it or not, I'll have oatmeal. And uh, All right. I know. I know. You'll, I like that. You'll love this. Yeah. It's, See, I, I'm a big oatmeal fan. It's, it's not just like good old-fashioned healthy oats. I will grab one of those packets, the maple and brown sugar or whatever. Oh, maple yeah, like brown the, sugar. Yeah, it's the best. So I'll have a packet of that, and then I'll actually double that serving with regular, you know, regular oats. Heat that up, mix mm -hmm. that up. Um, to give me, I really need two servings, but I don't need quite that much straight sugar, All which is correct, yeah. correct. So if I'm in a hurry, I have that and yogurt for my breakfast and, and, uh, not mixed together. That's offensive, but separate. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't, don't mix those well, things. I was going to say, no, uh, Quaker Oats has made a, a, uh, quite, had a, quite a successful product line fueling America over the years with maple and brown sugar, strawberries and cream. And, uh, oh. what else am I missing? Peaches uh, and cream peaches or something cream. like that. Yeah. They've got a spice uh, one. So and... we're, we're not, uh, we're, we haven't dropped over yet, but, uh, yeah, regular plain oats, even with some honey mixed in or some cinnamon oh, yeah. or yeah. something like that can taste good. But boy, you open up one of those packages and it takes you back, and uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's so good. I, as far as, you only go around this world one time. One time. And so that is uh, – I had that this morning for breakfast, as a matter of fact. Um, so uh, that's that'll be a breakfast. And then I, I do use rice, white rice, jasmine rice, as – and I almost think of it as a carbohydrate supplement um, because its nutritional value is – is slightly better than gummy bears, but not much. So <laughs> yeah. it is a straight starchy carb. Uh, and I do need to hit certain carbohydrate goals every day. So I'll use rice because it's, uh, I could get it in. It's easily digestible. You know, it, it turns right into uh, fuel in my bloodstream to power my training. And if I wasn't training like this, I probably wouldn't rice. I, it just wouldn't be part of my diet. But it is, it is, when I use the word supplement, I think of something that helps me get the nutrients I need. And I think carbohydrate as a macronutrient, the nutrients I need to, to fuel my lifestyle. So that's where I, I, I see white rice. And I have about four cups of white rice a day, uh, which is a good amount altogether. And uh, you know this, I mm -hmm. am a big fan of red meat, um, a huge fan. And in fact, 
uh, I will have often about five nights a week, maybe six. I will eat a pound of ground beef as as my dinner, um, as part of my dinner with some Absolutely. rice, and I I love it. It's ta- it's it's flavorful. It's tasty. It's eighty five percent lean, grass fed ground beef. It's what I always go with. Um, I'm a creature of habit, and I don't mind being boring. But I found that uh, you know that is a very nutritious source of protein for me. Uh, but then yeah, on my lunches and you know once one night a week I'll have chicken. Chicken gets missed in there. Fish, tuna, uh, just for variety of of protein sources. And sometimes it's just easier to heat up some shredded chicken that I have in the fridge than it is to um, you know grill a pound of yeah, burgers. But rare. I agree, one hundred percent. It's yeah. I will. I will pre-grill uh, or prep a lot of grilled chicken breasts early in the week and just have them in the refrigerator in containers. Yes. And so it's not only for myself to grab, but for the family as well. And it's just so easy. I don't think, you know, if you do it right, they don't dry out in the microwave if you're reheating and, uh, uh, you know, put them with, pair them with what you're, uh, uh, what else you're going to eat, which in my case could be a big bountiful salad full <laughs> of uh, vegetables for you, could be rice. But, um, you know, it turns out, it turns out and it accomplishes what we want. And I do love rice too. I buy a big bag off of Amazon actually of, of sushi rice, white sushi rice. Um, and it's just, it's easy to prepare. It's easy to, uh, uh, what you don't use, pop and reheat uh, in, in the microwave. It's just it, grab and go. And again, uh, who's not busy? I mean, uh, if you're listening to this, you're probably multitasking right now doing something else. I mean, so if you can, if you can make the right food choices and kind of be predictable, find what works for your, uh, uh, for your level of activity and, uh, the body composition that you're looking for, go back to it. You know, there's, as you just said, there's nothing wrong with being boring. If it's, you know, smart choices that work for you and you see quantifiable results, keep it up. Yeah. Yeah. If it's Can't working, don't change it. How are you a guy that, uh, how, how, what, what foods or how much of your meals a week do you make in bulk? What are the things that you make um, in bulk? Not as much as you would think. It's primarily the protein because I think that takes the longest, whether it's burgers or pork chops or a pork tenderloin, um, chicken, things like that. Uh, it's easier to, you know, I'm a grilling, uh, a griller by nature. Um, I, I prefer that method of cooking rather than just putting something in the oven and roasting it. Um, but some of the sides and again, the other, you know, your carbohydrates primarily, uh, kind of save for the, the meal of that you're working on. I don't, do as much as you would think. So just primarily proteins. I'm I'm with you on that. I was thinking about that. I asked you the question and I was thinking back to myself that if I'm if I'm cooking red meat, I I prefer it fresh. I, I really like fresh burgers. I like fresh steak. Mm-hmm. Um I can I could cook a few pounds of chicken in my uh Instapot pressure cooker and mm-hmm. that shred that. That'll last for days. It's amazing. I also cook a uh, a lot of rice. So I'll always have uh, an Instapot, half an Instapot full of rice um, in the fridge so that rice is very easily accessible. And I was just thinking about the one vegetable that I love and I could have with every meal. I There's nothing better than burgers with this vegetable on top. However, it's actually Ooh. technically not a vegetable. I think it's oh, a boy. it's a fungus, I think. Is that what mushrooms are? What are mushrooms? It's Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I guess. Yeah, I guess I it's know. a fungus. I know. Um, yeah. But I love, I love grilled uh, mushrooms and I'm do- using a blackstone grill so it's more like a griddle sure but oh right having those on top of fresh grilled uh, uh, mushrooms on top of burgers is just a treat from from heaven and I I will say that on Father's Day um, my son as he was driving up to, to meet with us on father Father's Day night my older son he's like you know he asked my wife like hey what can I get dad for 
Father's Day, and uh, she asked me, like, oh, I, no. I don't need anything. And I was like, actually, if you will go to Whole Foods and get pretzel buns for our burgers tonight, I will take that as a gift, as a treat. Uh, so there you a, go. a pretzel bun with a burger is all the cal- all the calories you'd ever need in one bun. But, man, is it good. But uh, all that to say that uh, I, I think um, I want to say that it's okay to ha- take some liberties. I generally don't eat a lot of grain, mm-hmm. but on Father's Day, I wanted a pretzel bun. And uh, – you know, every once in a while, um, probably more often than than you'd imagine, but I'll have a small bowl of ice cream because it fits in my macros. It fits mm-hmm. in my day, and I need a couple of extra calories to finish off the day. Um, I don't hey, know if you but do that. Most importantly, it it tastes damn good. Oh, I mean, come on. It's ridiculous. I will. Uh, yeah, it's ice I will. Cream. I will. Crazy. I will literally have a smaller lunch, knowing that I want to have some ice cream after a, a mega session, <laughs> a mega training yeah, session. There you go. <laughs> well, here here it's interesting. You and I train at at very different times. I mean, there's. I mean, I will train during the middle of the day if the schedule allows. Sometimes later in the day after work, but I'm primarily an um, early morning trainer. And when I get up, the first thing I do is I'll have a little piece of bread uh, with a little peanut butter on it, and I just need something in my stomach. That's not that's not breakfast by any stretch of the imagination. But um, when you're headed in, you know, call it six a.m. I need to have something in my stomach before I start. And again, that's just something I've learned over the um, over the years of doing this. If I was going to say have a have a regular training session at nine a.m. on a on a weekend, I would have breakfast first. Um, you know, so uh, but I I don't have time early morning to have a full breakfast, have time to digest, and then go uh, go work. So again, I, I I need that little piece of bread. I could not start my day without it. And as much as I love peanut butter, I'm not going to just have a spoonful of peanut butter, no bread. No, absolutely not. And my, I mean, <laughs> if I was going to have a treat, one of my favorite treats is like, is peanut butter toast. I mean, I absolutely love peanut butter toast. And if I was a 6 a.m. training person, I'd probably do that. Um, but I'm never, ever training at 6 yeah, a.m., no, ever. no. Never happening. I like I like sending you what I've done already. <laughs> by the time you're getting going, you're, you're done training by the and I'm I'm literally getting in the ice barrel because I've been up for six minutes and you've been done training for hours. Yeah. Um, I'm a I'm I'm a. But see, we're we're finding what works for each yeah, of us. Absolutely. That's the beautiful part of it, I, and what our bodies are accustomed to yeah. or need in order to do the work that we're asking them to Very do. Very true. Well, I think that was a good I think that was a good uh, chunk of nutrition information. This is what's worked for you. This is what's for me. Uh, mm-hmm. everybody find their own find your own way, find your own path. Um, you know, track your macros, know where you're at. I think it's always really important to know at least where you're at and then you can make adjustments along the way. And I don't think you or I count our macros on a daily basis, but I think if we 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 could take some pretty clear guesses about what what our general general food intake is our overall caloric intake yeah yeah um absolutely and you know make make the good decisions uh be flexible um have those overarching themes in mind of what you're trying to achieve and everybody as adults we know the difference between you know what we should be eating, maybe what's better for us and what we probably shouldn't be eating. Not saying that you never can eat it because I do, but uh, use that as a template. And like you just said, uh, make those decisions what works best for you. Yep, totally agree. Well, I think it's time for us to jump into our tips of the week. And um, I'm going to start. I always let you go first. I'll start uh, because I really like your tip. I I like your pick. uh, And uh, I'll go first. So, um, okay. Two parts to my tip of the week. So one is a tip, one is a, an announcement. I'm going to just throw that out there because I forgot to bring it up with doing our news section because uh, it's a little bit of news. But my tip of the week is 
on Toastabar, random. Um, I, I was just thinking about Toastabar. I I did uh, an imam on Saturday, and uh, uh, it, it ended up accumulating up to about eighty Toastabars. A really fun uh, process. I love working on Toastabar and high 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 rep sets. But I find a lot of CrossFit athletes uh, try to look up at the bar and watch their toes touch the bar, and they tilt their head back, right? And um, mm-hmm. I have found in my experience that a much more efficient movement pattern is to keep your head neutral on toes to bar and look straight ahead the whole time. The bar w- is always there. And if you've done enough toes to bar in your life, you're going to touch your toes to that bar every time. It's just automatic. And even if you're new to toes to bar, you'll the bar, you'll find it. You can actually see the bar through your upper peripheral vision. But I found that a, a neutral head position on toes to bar uh, tends to create an overall better movement as opposed to, um, you know, when you're kipping toes to bar, you've got this sort of, um, you know, imagine when you, you bend and unbend a paperclip over and over and over again. I feel like that's what some people are doing with their head on toes to bar. Their head comes through, they look up at the bar, and it's just flopping around. But I want to have... I want to recommend that if you're working on your toes to bar and maybe you've got toes to bar in your workout tomorrow, try looking straight ahead at the wall or the person or an object directly in front of you and see how that feels on your toes to bar. It's, it's, it's a fun little tweak that I, I made this change three or four years ago. And I've just found that toes to bar are just slightly easier, slightly more efficient from that. So that's my tip of the week. My announcement of the well, week. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I like, I like that. Yeah. Uh, we uh, toes to bar are not something that I'm uh, ever afraid of doing, and I don't mind them. Uh, but I know they're on the docket for tomorrow morning early, <laughs> so we'll try to keep them maintain a neutral head position. Neutral we'll head see how position. it goes, and I'll let you know. Let me know. Yep. I, I I anticipate you will text me before I get out of bed, so that'll be great. Probably so. <laughs> It'll be there waiting for you. <laughs> and by the way, Rick is two hours ahead of me. Just so the audience knows, we, there's a two hour time difference at this point now. So what we're saying <laughs> is very fair about this sleep situation. <laughs> exactly. You're darn right. Now, the announcement I wanted to make, uh, I posted to social media this morning. This is for Masters Games athletes. If you are a games athlete uh, competing at the CrossFit Games this year and a Masters athlete, uh, my training program, which I'll be releasing in the next few weeks, is called Boulder Athlete. And we are doing um, a bonus program similar to the Reebok bonus program from years past, where we are paying out a bonus for every event win uh, in every age division for masters athletes and uh, look we don't have the budget of Reebok uh, we hopefully eventually down the road we'll have that budget but we are giving a cash prize to every single event winner in the masters category so this could be um, you know this could be anywhere from 84 if we have six events about 84 cash prizes to uh, well over 100 if we have seven eight nine 10 events at the CrossFit Games. The budget will be fluctuating based on the amount of events at the Games. But if you win two uh, events, you get two cash prizes. If you win three events, four events, five events, um, you'll, you'll have to come to the unofficial Masters Athlete After Party, uh, which will just be at a brewery uh, in Madison. I just reserved the brewery today so that we could go there, have an after party, have a beer, enjoy some time together, and pay out uh, some bonuses to Masters Athletes that win events at the Games. You do not have to be uh, signed up for the Boulder Athlete Training Program to participate. This is just something we want to do to help support Masters athletes out there. Um, and it's just fun because we're not 
we're not like writing a check for this. We're not doing a Venmo transfer. I will have cash in hand for the bonuses. So if, if someone is listening and they want to come and uh, mug me in Madison on that particular day at the particular location, I will be flush with cash. Uh, I don't see that happening. I just announced that. Maybe I'll I cut this out. But, uh... highly. Yeah, I highly <laughs> doubt it. But Masters Athletes, uh, there is a link. If you, if you head to my Instagram right now, um, you can see it in my story or just go to boulderathlete.com. There's a link right there and you can register all you have to do is register as a master's athlete in order to participate in this bonus program uh there's no no obligations besides that you just have to register so that we know that you are actually doing this so that's fun it's a fun announcement that's excellent i'll tell you what you're making it easier than reebok which (laughs) they at least require you to wear their shoes yeah uh to (laughs) so anybody who won the swimming event last year didn't get paid out by Reebok, unfortunately. They 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 held firm on that one. They held firm. So. I would have worn shoes if they if they would have. Yeah. I wear shoes in the pool. It's fine. Anyway, tell us yeah. about your <laughs> your pick of the week. Absolutely. Yeah. No. Uh, thank you for uh, the uh, suggestion on that. But mine is the is my um, Element weightlifting belt uh, from Element Twenty Six. Uh, a lot of you might be familiar with that brand. You've probably seen it out on uh, the floor in your gym a little bit more now. It's a self-locking belt. Uh, it has that mechanism on the uh, the left side um, that you loop the um, strap through, and then you would adhe- adhere it to fasten it to the Velcro. Um, I, like many, like probably everybody listening and certainly yourself, we've all gone through belts, uh, some better than others, um, won't name brands or anything like that. But, um, you know, nothing is worse than being at the bottom of the squat and your belt popping um, and you're losing that tension uh, at absolutely the wrong time. Uh, I found Element uh, from from a friend who recommended it to me and have not looked back since. This is my second one. It's on. The second one feels even better than the first one that I had. Can't tell the small improvements that they've made, but the 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 lock is is there. It's not going anywhere, and I feel uh, even more confident now uh, when I need that belt to stay in place. Um, you'll Jason, you'll have a link yep. uh, for it on the on the show notes. Yep. Uh, again, you'll recognize it. It's solid. Uh, they come in um, standard uh, widths, uh, so you don't have any of the uh, controversy following you around that I think was uh, was at some of the semifinals uh, with the larger back support brace. Competition eligible, uh, just a quality product across the board and, and won't set you back too much either for them. Well, I, I know that I used the standard Velcro belts for a couple of years. Uh, I've had a leather belt with the buckle. I've had the Velcro belts. And there is nothing worse than being at the bottom of a heavy squat and having that belt snap open because of the, the Velcro fails. I mean, it's shocking. Um, and it's borderline dangerous if you don't have if – you're, if you're doing one of those one rep max, you really are depending on a little bit of that belt support. Because when you squat heavy or you're doing a heavy lift, you're pushing against the belt, uh, which is a different type of mm-hmm. racing than if you were beltless. So uh, I, I am a big fan of the locking mechanism. Uh, it's so I don't think I'll ever go back to a belt that doesn't have that. So I appreciate Correct. that um, recommendation as well. And you know we stick to we stick to the things that work in nutrition. And once we find something like a belt or grips or things that 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 fit us well, man, that's it. 
like problem solved. We're doing that forever. All you do is buy the same brand over when your current one wears out. Very true. Uh, as long as the, as long as they have not changed the manufacturing of it, <laughs> yeah. Um, you find something that works and you stick with it. Well, Rick, thank you for another fantastic episode. It's always great talking with you, and thank you to our listeners. Thanks for tuning in to the Masters in Motion podcast. If you found this episode to be helpful, we'd be so grateful if you could take a moment to leave us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast app. Your support helps us reach more listeners and grow our bachelor's community. Until next time, get bolder, not older. See ya.